Welcome to part two of this Informed Infrastructure podcast series about water utilities and digital twins. This discussion will focus on operations and maintenance. Part one focused on capital planning. I'm Todd Danielson, the Editorial Director of Informed Infrastructure. Joining me on this podcast are Joel Johnson and Akshaya Nirala, two Bentley Systems water experts. Water utilities face operations and maintenance challenges such as rapidly aging infrastructure, regulatory requirements, changes in customer demands, and limited availability of funds. Many utilities have SCADA and other systems that provide detailed data to help them remain responsive and resilient in the face of these challenges. However, they're often data-rich and information-poor and lack the tools to visualize, assemble, and analyze the data they collect so they can be presented in a readily understandable and actionable way to help decision makers be more proactive and efficient with asset operation and maintenance. The asset managers need to standardize and prioritize maintenance activities to increase efficiency, reduce vulnerability, and minimize disruption while meeting their objectives to deliver safe, reliable, and efficient water. In this podcast, we will discuss digital twins in the operations and maintenance workflow process. With a digital twin, Everyone has access to a federated data source to provide enhanced monitoring of existing conditions, supplemented with analytical tools to fill in data gaps, predict and resolve potential operational issues, use asset history to help prioritize maintenance, and quickly evaluate and respond when there is an outage, leak, or other issue. All the data available can be easily accessible to the decision support process, both in the office and in the field, creating efficiency and improved service to customers. But now let's bring in today's speakers. Joel Johnson is a seasoned 25-year civil and environmental engineering and water industry veteran. He cut his teeth in water-related computer applications with groundwater modeling, and in career stops, he has done airport design and gas pipeline permitting. But he is largely focused on water underground infrastructure modeling and asset management, previously with Stoner Associates and now with Bentley. Joel has analyzed the infrastructure for small, medium, and large utilities, and has spent nearly two decades in consulting and developing software applications for water utilities. Akshaya Nirala has been in the water wastewater business for nearly two decades as well. He holds a PE license and a master's in civil and environmental engineering. His first job was at a wastewater treatment plant, and he's been in the industry ever since. Lately, he has worked with multiple utilities inside and outside the United States, connect them with more data, and empower them with live hydraulic modeling so they can be more proactive. So, Joel and Akshayam, what are some of the common challenges associated with operations and maintenance in a water utility? Well, thanks, Todd. Uh, uh, the operational challenges, um, uh, really, when you think of the operations and maintenance departments in a utility, these are the folks that keep the system running on a daily basis. They need to ensure that they're delivering high quality water, that they have adequate pressure capacity. Uh, this has to be everywhere in the system. They need to make sure that they have enough storage to withstand extreme events like fires, power outages, main breaks. Um, uh, think even of of extreme weather events like hurricanes. Operators are constantly on the look for vulnerability and, and how to mitigate 
those system vulnerabilities. Think about a tank draining rapidly, uh, maybe because of a leak, uh, may, maybe because of a response to, to an event somewhere else in the system. Um, think about low pressures. The operator needs to decide when he sees low pressures how to boost those pressures in that region of the model. They're deciding when and where to move water to maintain that high quality of service. They also need to set up for seasonal demands and for large events, uh, things that would require operation outside of a, a normal day or, or a normal period. Now on the field and maintenance side, those guys also are always looking for poorly per performing assets. Uh, sometimes that is through visual inspection or through routine maintenance. Um, a lot of times those activities are reactive. Uh, you're out uh, doing repairs on main brakes or replacing lines, uh, replacing broken meters or valves, uh, maybe troubleshooting a malfunctioning pump. Uh, maybe there are odor or taste issues, uh, uh, people complaining about poor water quality and, and the field guys need to go out and, and flush the system, investigate the extent and, and bring in chlorinated water to, to mitigate the problem. So probably the biggest challenge for, for both the operations and the maintenance guys are to balance what they're doing proactively versus what they're doing reactively. Um, the, 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 the idea is to get more proactive. Uh, you want to prevent the stresses, um, but with reactive actions, you also need to minimize the system disruption, detect those things uh, as quickly as possible. And so you need to maintain a balance between proactive and reactive actions. Uh, number one, on the, the proactive side, you need to prevent and detect stresses before they happen. Now, that's not always possible. Um, so when things do happen, you need to minimize the disruption that they cause and be able to evaluate your mitigative actions. Another challenge for these folks is, is quite simply the budget. Uh, cost is not always a factor um, when you've got a, a main break or, or a, a pump outage. Um, these things go down and you don't think about cost. You think, I need to get these things back up and running. The system has to stay running to maintain my levels of service. However, when you can do informed decisions on mitigation activities, eventually you'll see that these decisions will lead to, uh, to more cost-effective actions, and that's going to lower your repair and your maintenance spend. And, and this is really where a digital twin provides some, some real value. So for digital twins, now in the context of a water utility and its operations and maintenance, which types of data should be collected and used for the decision making? Well, so when a lot of people hear the term digital twin, the definition they think of uh, applies to above ground assets. Um, you're thinking about a 3D representation of, of maybe a treatment plant. Um, real-time monitoring of construction activities and, and, and of system performance on things that you can see. Uh, everything from filter beds to pump motors, but, but everything that uh, is, is visible 
has routine maintenance schedules and, and is able to be inspected. Um, the idea behind the digital twin in this environment is to capture how, when, and by whom asset data has changed and access data that maybe formerly was, was siloed within departments. Um, now that becomes access accessible to everybody that uh, uh, needs informed decision making. And it, it actually provides a basis for the performance of those assets and enables you to maximize the lifestyle. But that's above ground assets. I, I think for this conversation, we want to focus on below ground assets. That's certainly uh, my specialty and Akshaya's specialty. Um, there are some parallels between digital twins for above ground assets and below ground assets. Uh, um, most, most striking similar, similarity is that you're accessing data from different parts of the organization, uh, data that was once siloed. One big difference is for underground assets, the asset data can't be acquired by routine inspection or by uh, cameras or, or visual inspection. That asset data is reliant on paper or electronic records, such as your GIS data, uh, record drawings, things that describe the asset as it was when it was initially constructed and put into the ground. So how do you get performance and status of those assets? Well, uh, you're getting sparse data, uh, sparse in space anyway, from a SCADA system. Uh, th these are measurement points where you're actually able to monitor tank levels, uh, system pressures, system flows, valve statuses, um, but at discrete points and certainly not over the entire system. Um, those are the things that can be seen and accessed from, from the surface world. Uh, you're also getting some time-based data streams. So, so things that uh, maybe not stream in real time, but you've got things like meter reads, billing data, uh, water quality sampling data. Um, think of your work order system. Things that describe an asset at a moment in time, but not continuously throughout the day or uh, on successive days. So, so, so you're only getting certain instances in time. What can you look to to indicate live performance of your assets? And, and that's where the digital twin really comes in. Um, you're, you're able to provide additional analytics tools that can fill in the gaps in, in that space and time data. And people immediately think, okay, analytics tools, you must be talking about artificial intelligence or, or AI. Um, and, and, and the danger there is, is uh, uh, utilities think, wow, that sounds futuristic. That sounds expensive. Um, maybe there's unproven technology or, or, or technology that's focused only on one thing or another. Um, so certainly those can be parts of digital twins, but we've found one of the great things that you can add to a digital twin environment is a hydraulic model. Uh, that's something that uh, most utilities have available. And that actually is able to describe the entire system uh, based on a feed, a, a continuous feed of real-time data, um, you can you can take sparse data and expand it to describe each individual asset. 
All right, that, that's great. So now can you describe some of the benefits of using a digital twin, you know, specifically for operations and maintenance? Absolutely. Um, some examples uh, that comes to my mind is um, one thing is once we have a digital twin, we can do whatever the heck we want to do or an operator can do. That way, he or she will have the confidence in the network. You know, I like to call it try before people runs dry and build that confidence with the replica of your network that you have. Uh, the other example that comes to my mind in terms of maintenance is is we can roll back in time and go to in history and see how the system was operated that day. Uh, July 4th is just a few weeks away, and July 4th in our in water wastewater industry happens to be the peak day. So now you can go back and see how the operators operated the peak day. Uh, of the year and learn from that. And uh, if needed, uh, you can train your folks, okay, we are a few weeks away from our July 4th, how we are going to prepare for the event. And you can also prepare for what if things go south? What if there are some sort of a failure? Um, and you can try those before you actually, before those happens and train yourself. And, and if your system allows or you have some wiggle room, you can try a couple pumps and try different scenarios and see operating system one way versus the other way has more uh, benefit in terms of economy or in terms of efficiency. So, so this lets you see the system how it's operating, is it operating better than option A and option B, and decide based on that because of the digital twin you have and can prepare you know, before certain things happen. Um, the other final, uh, final point I want to point once you have a digital twin model is the data that's being collected by the SCADA system is constantly being monitored with a digital twin. And as Joel mentioned earlier, there are some analytics on top of that. Now let's look at when the data is collected and constantly being monitored, what happens is if that data that we just collected goes outside the normal range, and there are different analytics that kind of tracks how things are behaving or where it should be, and as long as it's on operating within certain range, it's fine, but the moment it goes outside, it can trigger an alert, and an operator will get notification of whatever the alert was, and then he can pull up or she can pull up the device and look at geospatially where that particular alert is happening. Is it critical? Is that area VIP area? How do I, you know, respond to that? So there are multiple ways he can proactively. Uh, decide or plan based on that alert that's coming through. Now, as I mentioned, you know, the, the data are coming to the um, digital twin model. And on top of that, when we have analytics or the hydraulic simulation that's going on, then it can look into the future part also. Let's say we run the hydraulic simulation, it will tell, okay, for next few hours, this is how your trend looks like. 
And if there is something critical, operator can decide beforehand, oh, something is not on its right trajectory. Let me handle things before it happens. So we can now, you know, answer those situations proactively before it even happens. We can have a glimpse of that because of the digital twin and the simulation model. So these are the, the, the basic benefits that just comes to my head when we think about operation and maintenance with a digital twin. So, Akshaya, those are all critical points. I'd like to emphasize on top of that that what, this, what a digital twin provides is a monitoring environment well beyond what you're able to do with just a raw SCADA system. Um, so uh, th think of your data coming in from SCADA. Uh, that's at sparse points. Um, you, you can certainly set alerts in a SCADA system. Uh, it, it's providing monitoring for you, but it's not giving you that graphical context of where is the asset relative to other assets that where, where the data is coming from. It's not giving you the historical context of is this asset performing today like it did last week? Is there something abnormal going on in the system? And then you can take that same level of monitoring beyond the SCADA. With, with a hydraulic model, you can, you can actually reflect all of the assets in between those SCADA points and set the same alerts. So, so you can detect when there's poor fire flow capacity in an area. You can detect when there's low pressure somewhere, uh, particularly during, during an event. Um, you can detect when there are conditions that might lead to disinfection byproducts or some water quality issue. So uh, the, that, that entire environment is providing all types of data on all assets, enabling you to take proactive steps or if not proactive, at least your reactions become much quicker than waiting around for, for somebody to complain or for an asset to break or some other visible sign that something is, is performing poorly or is broken. Okay, great, thank you. Now, so when we hear people talk about digital twins, we often hear terms like simulation, analysis, and predictability. But what would predictability provide to an operations and maintenance environment? What would be the benefits? So I think Akshaya hinted on this in his previous answer that uh, prediction is just another critical benefit of the digital twin. Not only are you looking at current performance and, and historical context, but you're able to forecast based on, on historic operating patterns or based on that July 4th peak day, what is going to happen in the system uh, what will happen if I don't take intervening action? And if I have to take intervening action, what alternatives are there for me? And with a digital twin, I'm able to test those alternatives before I ever implement anything on the system. So uh, I, with the, through that testing and, and optioneering approach, um, I'm able to avoid anything that might cause uh, some some costly chain reaction or or unintended consequences. Um, looking at the extreme example, uh, a, a very large five alarm fire. The, the operator sees a fire, uh, able to turn on some 
sets of pumps to, to make sure that pressure is boosted in that area and that the fire isn't going to immediately impact uh, the, the surrounding region and, and pressures. But now with the digital twin feeding the system, you're able to see the prediction of how long can they maintain that operation? Uh, where are tanks draining quickly? Um, are there other valve and pump combinations that, that might distribute the effects more widely throughout the system instead of focused right at the fire? Or is, is there a different way to mitigate that fire response and still provide adequate water? Uh, even non-extreme events, um, the, the digital twin in, in prediction is, is helping out. Uh, when, when you think of seasonal events or, or weather inputs, um, you're able to anticipate uh, larger agricultural demands and uh, you're able to ramp up storage in advance of that need for agricultural water. And in that way, you can maximize service to all your customers, not just the agricultural. You've got the storage on hand to serve those needs and the rest of the network isn't going to suffer pressure-wise. All right, so could you now provide some insights in how maintenance is improved with digital twins? Sure, we can look at uh, which turning into like a new normal these days, sadly, is like a pipe break events. Uh, because of the aging infrastructure that every utility or water industry is facing, um, seeing pipe breaks is kind of new normal these days. Um, and, and once we have a digital twin, we can really take the advantage of having the data, having the hydraulic model right in our fingertips. So let's say there's a there's a main break event and uh, and the field crew being dispatched to repair that and while they are in route to the, the to the site they can open up their device turn turn on and obviously they know where it's located based on that they can identify okay how can I isolate the system uh, what are the valves that I need to close what customer will be affected, and even on that list of customers, are there any critical customers um, that they, that needs to be notified because of this event? Um, so, so they can kind of prepare and even save time to go there, have their action ready once they land in the site. And once they are there, they would go try to close the valves. And one common scenario that we have experienced a lot is is some of the valves out there that you can't close it, you know. And the operator go go you know mad and say but the darn valve can't be closed. Now yes, but with the digital twin, you can easily try to figure out okay if this particular valve is inoperable, what can I do? And just with a few clicks or taps, it will tell you, okay, these are the valves next in line that you have to close in order to isolate the segment, you know, the section. Now, because the hydraulics engine is built into it, we can see what pressure will be with the new outages. Will it be low? And if the field members or field crew feels like there will be low pressure, they can now from the field radio into the control room saying, hey, guys, by the way, you, you might have some low pressure. So keep an eye on those because we are closing some extra valves 
that wasn't really planned and we found out because of certain situation in the ground. So now the whole experience of repairing brakes or acting or to some of the emergencies are totally different compared to what we used to have before the digital twin. Now, field crew can take certain action without relying on the engineers that might be sitting far away and take action more quickly because, again, they can figure things out themselves. They have more power these days with a digital twin, and wherever they go, they turn the device on, can act with the system, can act with the hydraulic model, see the pressure, see the flow, based on that, decide wherever they are, rather than waiting few extra critical minutes from the engineering department or wherever to to minimize the impact or minimize the outage that's, that might be happening out in the system. All right, great, thank you. So now we may have mentioned this, some of this already, but could you summarize the desired outcomes for using a digital twin? So, so where is its value for a water utility? So Todd, I think we've discussed several different ways that a digital twin can, can feed value into the utility. Um, being able to have visibility into abnormal system performance, both at individual assets and in regional context with those assets is absolutely critical. The, the digital twin serves as uh, essentially as an early detection system, um, and, and that can be used to uh, directly reduce water loss in the event of breaks, for instance, um, or how about detecting water quality problems before there are complaints or before there are positive samples. Uh, you can optimize flushing schedules, optimize your, your field actions, um, basically reduce and, and focus maintenance efforts, uh, avoid compliance, fines, uh, or, or costs. Um, think about pumps. Uh, when, when pumps are performing inefficiently, there's a tremendous effect on energy usage and, and on cost. With a digital twin, you're able to see which pumps are operating inefficiently, um, you can also test alternatives uh, as to how you can operate the system differently and less costly. And you can make sure that those minimize disruption and maximize the service efficiency of the system. In general, the digital twin is helping you identify problem assets more quickly, you're able to identify and prioritize immediate actions, and you're also able to identify and prioritize long-term actions that would maximize the life cycle of the assets and, and narrow the funding gaps of what you can do versus what you should do. All right, it seems like we've covered the benefits of a digital twin. So if a utility doesn't have a digital twin today, where do they get started? What would be their first steps? You know, what I, what I would add to that or say to our listener for, for that situation, I would say start yourself. Bentley has a great software. Uh, you probably have those access to. And just try it out yourself. And the primary reason for that is you know your system better than anyone can claim. You work with your system day in, day out. So you know all the little secrets, all the valves that has closed or why they've been closed or the way they are flowing the water in the system. So if you start with yourself, then you can improve the model. 
And there are some situations here where you can do that. Um, maybe you don't have uh, resources or you know other things. In those situations, you can reach out to a company like uh, Digital Waterworks, uh, and and they can help you implement. They can help you configure whatever it needs to, so that you will have a digital replica of your real system. And if you are interested in going that route. Uh, you can go to Digital Waterworks uh, website at digital-www.com and and leave your name, uh, email addresses um, to get started, and and we'll be in touch. All right, thank you, Akshaya, and thank you, Joel, and thanks to all those listening to us for part two of this podcast series. I hope you also check out part one on capital planning within a digital twin, as well as future informed infrastructure educational broadcasts. <laughs>